This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What is Cafe Mocha? Cafe Mocha is experts, celebrities. What's up? This is Belbit DeVoe. This is Trudy Idris Elba. This is Fantasia. This, this is Invo. This is India RE. So much more. All from a woman's perspective. What flavor are you, baby? This is Cafe Mocha. Study after study, school district after school district, all saying virtual learning was difficult on kids, especially children of color. We're talking education today with the creator of Gracie's Corner. Cafe Mocha begins now. They did the Grammy nominations for 2023. And we know who's sweet. I mean, Beyonce. Beyonce and Jay-Z are now tied as the most nominated artists in Grammy history, each at 88. You know, they they got more. It's like 10 for best album, best record. It's like 10. That's a lot. Let me tell you something. Pick from 10. I mean, and they're all good, but um, run them down real quick. uh, Album of the year is Abba, Adele, Bad Bunny, Beyonce, Mary J. Blige. That was that was a nice one for Good Morning uh, Gorgeous. Brandy Carlisle, Coldplay, Kendrick Lamar, Lizzo. Congratulations, Lizzo and Harry Styles. Styles. Mm. I think I think Harry might get it. The only reason why I say that is because he's had a very successful tour. He's had two movies come out and his album has been really doing uh, a lot. But that was album of the year. You also have record of the year, which is ABBA, Shut Me Down, Easy On Me, Adele, Break My Soul, Good Morning Gorgeous, Mary J. Blige, Doja Cat is under this for woman. Steve Lacey, Bad Habit. Everybody was playing that song, Bad Habit. Kendrick Lamar. Uh, about damn time for Lizzo as it was. I think Harry might get this one, or it might Lizzo might get that. That she was a big that. song. That yeah, big because song. you got to remember everybody was talking about on TikToks. You also have Song of the Year, which um, what's the difference in record and song? It could be like uh, a single. So you know, it, it's like. Because under Song of the Year, you have Bonnie Ray, you have Kendrick Lamar again, but you also have DJ Khaled for God did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Break My Soul. You have so this is more like what was the song that everybody was on everybody's mind. So it could be that. Um, best new artist. It's a lot of people. I just don't know these people. Um, I I know know Money Long, I know Lotto, Wet Leg. I'm like, who is I kind of start listening. <laughs> OK, Wet let me leg. go to the part where what we kind of know a uh, rap R&B and rap. OK, rap real quick. DJ Khaled, um, Jack Harlow, Kendrick Lamar, Pusha T and Future. That was best rap album. Let me get over here to the R&B. R&B, you have Mary J. Blige for Good Morning Gorgeous, Breezy for Chris Brown, Black Radio 3, Robert Glasper, uh, Candy Dip, Lucky Dave, and Watch the Sun, PJ Morton. Now, we love PJ Morton. Yeah. R&B performance, Beyonce, Virgo's Groove, Mary J. Blige, Money Long, Hours and Hours. That probably would get it. 
uh, Lucky Dave over Hurt Me So Good, Jasmine. So oh, I forgot Jasmine Sullivan might get it too. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jasmine did. Best well. R&B song, though. Cuff It from Beyonce. Good Morning Gorgeous. Hours and Hours. Hurt Me So Good, Jasmine Sullivan. And PJ Morton, Please Don't Walk This Way. Man, if so, they're TikTok, if they're TikTok voters, we know Cuff is going to win. I know it's like, but Beyonce has a lot. So no matter what, she's going to win at least one or two. And then that would make her, I believe that she'll break another record um, with that win. Um, There were some surprising snubs. Nicki Minaj did not get a nomination. Megan Thee Stallion didn't get a nomination. Um, So there was a lot of, you know, a lot of controversy uh, with that but you know people have to remember there's a difference with all of these award shows so like yeah. billboard billboard award is based on the charts but grammys is more about the peers so if you're a grammy voter you know you're usually like a musician and it's your peers so right. it's and it's inside campaigning all this other kind of stuff that's you know, into it. And so that's why, you know, maybe you see a difference. Yeah. You know what I like, though, is uh, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack, Silk Sonic saying, hey, let us sit out. Yeah. Um, I appreciated that because last year nobody liked Jasmine Sullivan. I mean, Bruno and Jasmine came out about at the same time, about a year apart. One had R&B funding. Jasmine Mm -hmm. Sullivan. One came out pretty much as a pop star, Bruno Mars. The idea that I don't want to say that they're put in the same category, but nobody really likes seeing Silk Sonic sharing that Grammy with her like that when she should have just won it flat out and they should have been in a different category. So I sort of appreciate them saying, yeah, we got our fruit. You get your fruit, you get your flowers. Yeah, uh, and their concert was great. That's all I'm gonna say. When they when they do a real full fledged tour, everybody needs to go. Definitely. Well, it'll be in February, the Grammys, and you know, there's always some controversy. The AMAs were uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, Kelly Rowland was actually the presenter for Best R and B, and Chris Brown won. And Mm -hmm. when she announced his name, the audience booed. And so Kelly kind of got them in check and told them to chill out. And then she, you know, said, hey, you know, Chris Brown, I just want to say thank you for everything that you've done for R&B. So, of course, online, some people, you know, were trying to uh, drag Kelly. Um, A lot of people you know, who are fans of Chris Brown, you know, were supportive of her. And, you know, I think that in that situation, when it's live and you see people booing, one thing that people have to remember too, is that these artists know each other. And a lot of them are friends and, you know, her and Chris are friends, just like Sierra and Chris are friends. And actually there was some controversy with the AMAs as well, because there was supposed to be a 40th anniversary tribute to Michael Jackson for the album Thriller. Mm -hmm. Now there's a new 40th anniversary Thriller album that is out and the producers. Yeah. 
And um, actually, the whole Michael Jackson thing is really nice because they're re- remastering his um, videos. So you can go on YouTube and they've remastered it in 4K, Thriller, and Beat It. And it's like crystal clear. It's like stuff you could not see. Like when we first, we didn't realize that when it first came out, it was like, you, it was dark. <laughs> it's like you couldn't see it. So, but definitely check it out. And um, I know we got to go, but I will continue this conversation because I, I got a point. So, okay. Okay. All right. This is Cafe Mocha Angelique on the line. Study after study, they're all saying that the pandemic set kids back and virtual learning did not work, especially for younger kids. How bad is it? What can be done about it? How can we get them caught up? Joining us to talk about this is Javoris Hollingsworth. He is an educator and creator of the series Gracie's Corner. Javoris, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. So listen, I want to talk about Gracie's Corner and this huge problem that the little kids had uh, during the pandemic learning. But let's start with your personal story. You had a, a kid at home trying to do the virtual learning. Tell us about it. What happened and what inspired you to create Gracie's Corner? For me, it definitely was, you know, as a result of the pandemic, because, you know, being a college professor, usually I'm working on campus. And then, of course, my kids are learning at school. But during the pandemic, everybody grew closer, you know, even in even in this case where we didn't really have much of a choice. But all of us being at home at the same time, watching a lot of the same content. And in a lot of ways, YouTube was kind of like sometimes those occasional babysitters for you, you know, when you had to tackle something. but one of the things that stood out to me though with a lot of the content was just that lack of representation. There were very few uh, channels and content in general that just had children of color in the forefront. Usually I saw them where they would be kind of like, you know, an afterthought or kind of like a background character, but right. I just noticed it just stood out to me like, man, there's not really many characters that look like my kids. And I feel like that representation is extremely important. So tell us um, about Gracie's Corner. What is it? How does it work? So it's a kids YouTube channel that we created uh, in June of 2020. And it, it was really created out of uh, just that observation of a need that was that was necessary to be fulfilled. And that, that need was uh, having uh, children's content in the entertainment space that had a positive representation of children of color. Um, so of course the, the channel itself is based on my daughter, Gracie, um, at the time she was seven when we first created the channel, but she, of course she's now 10, mm-hmm. but, uh, it's been awesome to see her growth along with the channel, uh, throughout this process, watching her gain more confidence and just, um, I don't know, just watching her blossom has been amazing. So let me ask you this. You know, I started this talking about the kids falling behind. Did you find, mm-hmm. did you see that your children, how I know um, Gracie is, was seven, but you said mm-hmm. children. So did you find that your kids mm-hmm. at home were falling behind? Yeah, I, we did notice like some areas where, um, because they were trying to, they had the teachers basically trying to teach, you know, remotely. And I think, uh, it got to a point where it was really kind of crazy for them because they had a teacher. The teacher was trying to teach remotely, but then they had the other half of the the kids that were in the classroom. So that was their way of limiting the number of students 
in the classroom at a single time to kind of, you know, with the whole social distancing piece. But as a result of that, I think it really made the teachers' jobs um, so much harder because now they're trying to manage the kids that they had in the classroom plus manage the kids that were at their homes learning. So it was really difficult. And I think, um, although it wasn't intentional, there were some, you know, holes in the education uh, or the experience period that my my kids were having uh, from that experience. And were you at all surprised by this finding that, you know, the kids were falling behind? No, honestly, I wasn't too surprised by it. Um, I mean, I still tip my hat off uh, to the teachers for even trying to um, make the necessary adjustments to try to pretty much survived that, that period because um, mm-hmm. for a lot of people, and I, I'm speaking to as a professor at the time, like it's, it was, it caught us off guard. And then um, I remember administrators coming and trying to come up with all these uh, ways to try to, you know, address the issue and still make sure that the learning process continues. But it, it was, it was hard. And I think there's still some teachers who, you know, still try to struggle with it because all of the holes and things that occurred during that period. Now people are trying to play catch up and trying to address some of those issues that occurred during that time. So it's, yeah, it's been, it's been quite, (laughs) quite a thing to see. For you as a college professor, I mean, I remember being pretty independent in college. Did your kids Mm -hmm. do okay? I mean, but you said you teach chemistry. I didn't take that class. So my, my students, believe it or not, I actually, saw an issue with them as well. Um, the reason I say, say that is because it wasn't necessarily that during that time um, when the teaching was taking place that I noticed it, but it really stood out to me after the, you know, ev- after everyone started coming back because mm-hmm. we had a lot of students who, like for instance, their, their senior year in, in high school, uh, when they tried to, when they made that move to college, it, it wasn't a smooth transition because they missed out on a lot of different pieces that would have been essential to help them with that that transition. So, you know, and then it was just kind of like, I think it's just been like a domino effect. It it had quite a toll um, across the board, I think. Yeah. They said that uh, especially the juniors and seniors who had sort of Mm -hmm. two years down that, that they weren't quite ready for college yet. It's been a bit of a mess. Uh, But for Mm -hmm. the little kids, uh, we have this fun, learning tool, Gracie's Corner, when people log on to Gracie's Corner TV. So you put this out. Take us back. You put this out. You put the first video up. What was the first video you put up? You remember? I think the very, yeah, the very first one was Old McDonald. So what we were doing were we were taking a lot of the, the, a lot of the fun kids nursery rhymes and we were putting our own little spin on it where we were incorporating hip hop, Afro beats, uh, second line, go-go music, like <laughs> pretty much really embodying, embodying uh, our culture and making right. our content culturally relevant. But yeah, um, you know, with Old McDonald introducing animal sounds to the kids, you know, what sound does the cow make and the pig and all that fun stuff. And then um, we end up branching out to, you know, uh, re- demonstrating numbers, counting um, letters, and then also uh, positive words of affirmation, you know, rep- nice. making sure that our children understand that, you know, they're smart, they're beautiful. Um, 
And then also a song about loving your hair, making sure mm-hmm. that they understand that, you know, despite what society said the hair is supposed to look like, their natural hair is beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, so that, that getting that type of messaging, um, I felt was very critical just because, yeah. you know, sometimes, um, and this is information I learned from my wife too, her being a psychologist that um, compared to, you know, other children, uh, a lot of times children of color don't receive um, nearly as many positive words of affirmation. And I think mm-hmm. that really does play a, a role and in how our kids see themselves and even their outlook. So just kind of instilling this positivity into them and making sure that they realize how special they are, I think that really does play a big role on how they move forward. I wish your wife, Arlene, was here Mm -hmm. so we could go deeper into that, but maybe you can help. I remember being a shy little, you know, ugly kid. I was an ugly kid in the family and shy and I didn't have the pretty hair. And I just remember all the time my mom trying to pull me out and doing the affirmations with me. You're, you're, you're Mm -hmm. pretty, you're smart, you're this. Mm -hmm. Is she saying that we're not getting those affirmations from our parents, that we're not getting it from society, that we're not like subliminally getting it from television, or is it all of that? I, I honestly, based on how she explained it to me, I would say that it's all of that, especially the, the part that kind of caught me on guard was that a lot of it, you know, really stems from at home as well, like uh, hearing the parents say certain uh, things. And I don't know the, the historical you know, rationale behind why, you know, why uh, as a as a culture that we don't present these positive words as much compared to, you know, others, but the impact is definitely uh, seen. So we, we, we try to in, infuse it even into the music that we're, we're creating so that it's like, yeah, you're, you're jamming and you're enjoying the music, but at the same time, you're, you're digesting something positive. That's interesting. So we don't even get it from our parents. I wonder why, you know, I wonder why. So I want to go back to that first video. Oh, McDonald, you put it up on YouTube. You, you post Mm -hmm. it out on Facebook and wherever else. And then what happens? How's it go viral? When do you realize, Oh my gosh, this is taking off. So the old McDonald, honestly, back in those days, most of our viewers were pretty much my relatives, like my, my mom and probably some cousins that would watch our video. So it was crazy watching that um, then because I think we would get maybe, if we were lucky, four or 500 views per month. Okay. Um, but then I think what really happened was um, people posting on TikTok and uh, a lot of viral moments happening there where parents were watching the, the videos and then having this moment like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> and, then, and then when that would happen uh, and they were showing it, then a lot of things just started kind of spreading like wildfire where um, wait, everyone just kind of started catching on. But that, that didn't happen, honestly, until this year. So somebody, so, somebody found your video and they were reacting on TikTok? So it was a TikTok? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, TikTok was... Yeah, TikTok was a huge, huge piece. I think, honestly, uh, on TikTok, our music has probably been viewed or played or repeated probably, I think, over a billion times. 
So it's, get out of here. Yeah. You're not a professor yeah, anymore. No. Uh, it, it, <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it's been crazy to kind of see views. that. Because, yeah. Because it's, it's been completely organic where um, we, we, I don't know, it wasn't, we didn't know it was going to do the way it, it did. Like we, we knew that it was important to try to create something that our kids could enjoy, relate to, right. and uh, also learn at the same time. But I think other parents and uh, have also realized that and kind of have really latched onto it. And we've been just extremely grateful for that support. Because like I said, um, when we first started, like back when we made O McDonald probably having four or 500 views per month, so now I think we're averaging over 80 million views per month. So it's it's wow. quite, the, quite the growth. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even going to ask what kind of money that's generating because the man <laughs> has left his job as a professor. So that pretty much says it all. Tenure, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah, it, it ended up pulling me out of, the, out of uh, work just because it was a tough decision at first because, mm-hmm. you know, when you're in the classroom, you get to see the impact that you're having on a student where they come in that first day not knowing much about a subject, in my case, chemistry. Mm-hmm. And then by the end of the semester, like these little experts. And so it's really cool to kind of help with that development and growth. And then um, kind of seeing them just continue to flourish after that. But then with the, the Gracie's Corner channel, also watching, like looking at social media and seeing uh, our little black and brown babies, like, learning having fun and mm-hmm. the families and too just you know really enjoying the content seeing that impact on a global scale it was kind of easy for me to see like okay i see the impact i have in the classroom but look at this impact that we have uh All over. you know worldwide so then it was kind of like okay this is the path i'm just going to focus on this and yeah ever since i've been yeah so committed to it beautiful javaris Hollingsworth. Mm -hmm. The project is called Gracie's Corner TV. It's everywhere. So just go find it and share with your little ones. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Here's your dose of espresso. Strong, hot news now. This is the espresso. I'm Angelique. There's good news for Brittany Griner. The good news is the U.S. is trying to do a prisoner swap with Russia. Brittany Griner, Paul Whelan. It's my determination that we bring our people home. We will not stop until we do. And folks are mad at Deion Sanders for leaving the HBCU and going to Colorado to coach football. But at least he told the kids to their face. And I'd like for y'all to hear it from me and not uh, from anyone else. I've chosen to accept the job elsewhere next year. And just seeing what some of you guys uh, have climbed to is undern believable. FYI, Colorado says they don't actually have the millions of dollars to pay Dion yet. And Will Smith says his movie Emancipation ain't a slave movie. I've heard the question, you know, do we need another slave movie? And this is uh, this is a freedom movie. You know, this is a movie about love and family, the power of the human spirit. Emancipation currently streaming on Apple TV. That's the espresso. We're at Cafe Mocha Radio. Art tells a story, your story, and inspires others in your community to do the same. This Black History Month. 
AARP is celebrating the undeniable impact and contributions of black art and artists everywhere. We're thrilled to celebrate these creators over 50. Through their work and persistence, they make society a better place by bringing us all closer together. Learn more at aarp.org slash black community. It's Cafe Mocha. Uh, we've been talking about children and education. Unfortunately, we can't talk about that these days without talking about violence in school, school shootings. So joining us is our psychiatrist. He's a Christian psychiatrist out of Atlanta, Dr. Aldwan Tart. Welcome back to Cafe Mocha. You know, kids are watching this. They're hearing this. They're seeing it on TikTok and wherever else they consume stuff. We need to know how do we talk to children about, you know, these headlines and and the fact that there's another school shooting. You know what's changed since we were raised is that kids find out about it via their social media. So we need to find out about what they already know, right? Mm-hmm. And so to ask open-ended questions. So an open-ended question is like, hey, have you heard about anything happening at schools lately? You know, anything dangerous, all right? And so you ask them to open it up, and then kids will open up. The chances of a middle schooler or a high schooler not hearing about this who has a Snapchat or a TikTok our Instagram account are probably slim to nil at this point. So you just ask them. And then you ask them, how do you feel about gun violence? How do you feel about the, the, the shootings that have occurred? Do, do you feel safe? You just ask them an open-ended question. And so they'll respond. And then based on their responses, what you want to do, parents, is that you want to open them up. So you want to make your kids feel like the most interesting kids in the world. So you want to be interested and make your kids feel interesting. So the more they talk, the more you become like Oprah and try to get them to talk more. So when you say you're numb, like my daughter said she was numb. And I said, well, how are you numb? Because I feel like we've been through this so many times. Unfortunately, I'm just used to seeing in the media. It, It doesn't shock me. But what disturbed me was seeing the caskets that they were making with TikTok and anime. That part bothered me because it reminded me that they were really small kids. Mm. What do we do, Dr. Tart, if we feel like our children possibly might be dangerous? You know what? Uh, I can tell you what the warning sign is. Kids spending too much time. We talk a lot about mental health, but what we see are really a loners, right? Mm -hmm. We see a lot of people with mass shooters who are spending a lot of time alone, a lot of time on the computers without interacting with other people. So make sure that your kids are not spending all of their time on, on social media, spending a lot of time on computers, and then monitor what they're looking at. But what, what I would do is I, I would take them in and get a mental health screen, right? And I would actually sit them down and say, hey, you know what? We need to, we need to be able to see, see how you're doing. And there are a number, a number of resources for that, you know? So I, I, would, I, would, I would actually take my child in. And parents know, but parents are looking at it and saying, you know what? He's just socially isolated. Like the, the, the mother of the, the young man at, at Uvalde said, you know what? I'm sure he had his reasons, right? I interpreted that as, you know what? He spent a lot of time on his own. He was dealing with some, probably some social rejection. He struggled in interpersonal relationships. And so, parents, if you see your kids pulling away, withdrawing, spending too much time by themselves, I think that's a great time to have a mental health screen. Not necessarily that your kid's going to be violent, 
but it is a sign that your child is struggling socially. But can I just say this, Dr. Tar? First of all, teens always pull away and start getting private and start doing things, you know. And then the other thing is I am such an introvert. Even to this day, I spend tons of time by myself, just playing by myself, just like I did when I was a kid. And I've never shot anybody or myself. So how do you know the difference? You know what? You're right. You're right. And I'm glad y'all called me out on that. Let me give them a resource. All right. Because you need the actual mental health screening because you're right. You're not going to know who's simply an introvert and enjoying their time. Your writers, your authors, your, your musicians, your computer programmers, your gamers versus someone who's really struggling with mental health. So I want you all to check out screening, screening dot dot org. Again, that's screening dot mhanational.org. So that's Mental Health of America. You can take a mental health test for depression, for anxiety, for psychosis, for bipolar, eating disorders, youth mental health tests. Check out that website and have your kids screen and let the experts be able to tell you where there's an issue. That's a great point. Yeah, because I, you know, I always hate to see parents trying to force kids to be something that they're not. Not everybody wants to be at all the parties. Not everybody wants to have 20 friends. Like I need two friends and I know other people and other kids who've sort of been trying to force them into, you know, stuff that they're just not comfortable with. that doesn't fit them, but um, it's it's a continuum. But when you think about it in jail, like, so we're in jail and we get in a fight. Where are we going? What's the worst punishment we can give? No, solitary solitary confinement. All right. And so when when we have kids spending all of their time, right. And we already know from a psychological standpoint uh, that, that solitary confinement for too long is cruel and unusual punishment. It is actually guaranteed psychological trauma. And so when we have our kids spending too much time alone, there's a difference from a kid who's an introvert. And then there's a kid uh, like you saw with the Uvalde that sit up there uh, Googling and, and c- corresponding with different people and asking people to go live, right? Uh, because he's spending all of his time on these, these theories and, and, and uh, in front of his computer and not having real human interaction. Right. That is a recipe for disaster for anyone being alone. You can actually die of loneliness. So we need to make mm. sure that our kids are, are not alone and have them screened so that we can know the difference. Dr. Tart, um, what happens when you talk to your child and you guys talk things out, but there's still maybe some anxiety or fear about going back to school? What do you do? Do you let them stay home? Do you I mean, how do you get them to a place where they feel comfortable? Because it's not like you can say, oh, honey, you'll be fine because you don't know. Well, you know what? First thing I do is you can let them stay home for a day, but you don't, do not want them to devo- develop a pattern of avoiding school because it's only going to get bigger. So I stay home this week. Now I want to stay home next week. So I think you have to practically, this is what a lot of parents did. They called the school and asked for extra security. All right. Mm-hmm. So when you pull up to that school and you see they're not treating it like another day, all right, they're going through book bags. They are having a police present. There's more resource officers. There's a fire department there. So you call the school and ask for additional resources. Parents have a lot of pressure on the school system. So that's the first thing that you do so that kids come and see, oh, okay, the school is safer because we see more security officers. Second thing is that 
typically what you see after a school shooting, and it's unfortunate that we have this data because there's been so many, dads tend to take their kids to school the next day, mm-hmm. all right, because they want to make sure that everything is safe. So more, more male presence on, on campus. But the other thing is to sit, like, sit down and ask them, you know, what would make you feel safe? Do you need me to drop you off at school versus you drive or take the bus? Do you need mom to check on you around noon? Do you, what do you need? Kids will tell you. Kids will tell you. And what I recommend to parents or kids that are afraid to go back, hey, let's just go up to the school and look at it and see how it is. And if you don't feel comfortable, we can go back home. Or if you don't feel comfortable after first period, I'll come get you. Usually kids going back and seeing that everything is okay is enough for them to be able to adjust. Wow. Which teens are more at risk for suicide? You know, it's going to surprise you, right? You would definitely not think it would be African-American girls, but that's where it is. 15%, according to the most recent report from the CDC, 15% of teen girls have contemplated suicide. Just thought about it. That's 1.5 in 10 Now, who's more likely to do it? It's actually African-American males because they take more lethal means. So when African-American males try to end their life, unfortunately, they they carry it through. And the, the large part about that is because there is this stigma that it is better to suffer in silence as a man versus to talk about your pain. And there's nothing further from the truth. It actually makes you psychologically weaker. And I'm using that word on purpose because men don't like that word. It makes us psychologically weaker not to talk about how stressful our life is. It's like cancer. If, if we have stage one or stage two cancer or stage one or stage two stress and we don't talk about it, we don't open up, we don't get the x-ray, it only goes to stage three or four until it takes our life. So it's important, men, if you're listening, moms, if you're listening, dads, if you're listening, to make sure that your teen sons and your teen daughters are talking about their pain versus keeping it inside. It is the worst thing you can do, especially when the entire nation is dealing with mm-hmm. some form of languishing. Dr. Tart, what, what are some of the signs of this languishing or depression that maybe, you know, people can um, can look out for? Uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you what to look out for because we start talking about, like, what unfortunately happened in this USA. We start talking about Regina King's son. He goes, oh, the, the guy from um, The Walking Dead. Loneliness. You can be around people, but if you're not connected, if you're not connected, you're not doing life with someone on a regular basis, it is affecting you. Loneliness is a pandemic right now. You're talking about the amount of people that have had to, to, to quarantine or move on their own, be by themselves, change their whole routine, not go into their work family. You have to connect. We have to put down the phones unless we're going to use the phones to actually connect. Mm-hmm. So when we combine those things. You have to connect. You cannot say, I don't do people. You can't say, I can't trust people because you're going to be alone. You need to be in a tribe. Oh, and the second thing, depression. You know, mm-hmm. all three dealt with low level grade, different levels of depression. Get treatment for your depression. Don't carry it. It will get worse. Talk about it. Dr. Tart. So we're in an argument, hypothetically speaking, with one of my kids and in the middle of an argument, you know, she says, I want to kill myself. Huh? What do I do? All right. Uh, you take that very seriously. 
All right. You sit down and you teach them vocabulary. So does that mean that you're sad? Does that mean that you're upset with me? Does that mean that you hate my guts? Or are you really thinking about not being here anymore? Now, let me tell you what to look out for. Okay. Because the average adult, the average kid is not going to say, I want to kill myself. Right. Here's what to look for. Um, especially in men, boys, when they feel like a burden, all right, when they feel like all I do is cause you pain, all I do is make you stressed out, it'd be better off if I was not here because then everyone would be happier. If you see that in a note, you see them expressing that, you see that in the post, be extremely alarmed and contact primary care physician, contact a psychologist if they have one. If not, engage a psychologist at that point, or you can call the suicide prevention hotline and let them walk you through what to do. And that number is one 800 273-TALK, 1-800-273-TALK. It is better to intervene at that point, even if your kid feels like it's too much, to show them that when you use those words, we will talk about it. And so if you're looking at, if you're looking at other boys and you're looking at girls, well, girls, when they're disconnected, you don't see them having a lot of friends. You see them, um, you, you see a disconnect or a lack of pleasure in things that used to bring them pleasure. You see some slippage in their hygiene. You, you see them starting to distance and withdraw. You know, when you start to see a, a decline in grades, a decline in dissatisfaction of, of life, and the best question you can ask, here's the one, number one question you can ask. Don't ask someone how they feel because we're kind of pre-programmed to say I'm straight, even kids, all right? Ask mm-hmm. them on a scale of one to 10, how happy are you with life? And I promise you, parents, as you're listening, you're going to get some threes, you're going to get some twos, you're going to get some fives, you're going to get some sixes. As you're listening to this right now and you're doing this, you're saying five and six to yourself. You know, at that point, you have to ask, what's going on? What's missing that I need to take action on? The research is clear. Right now, in order to have mental health, you actually have to be connected. You have to vent about what's going on versus keeping it in, and you have to actually do something called flourish. That means Mm -hmm. that whatever it is that you want to do in life, you have to do it now. Mm -hmm. To balance off this life, you need to be painting, you need to be singing, you need to be dancing, you need to be writing. That's why you see so many people quit their job. They leveled up. They said, I can't take, I can't do life and go to work and get treated like this. I have to go do better. So people raised their breaking points during the pandemic, and that's why they have left their jobs in addition to having kids at home, because people said, I need to flourish to survive because my normal coping is not there because the stress is too high. That's the show. Got to thank all of our experts for joining us today. Dr. Tart, you can reach him at drtart, T-A-R-T-T dot com. And don't forget, if you've got kids, little kids at home, check out Gracie's Corner. You can just Google it. Until next time, you can find us on all platforms at Cafe Mocha Radio. Cafe Mocha is a production of Miles Ahead Broadcasting in partnership with Compass Media, executive producer Sheila Eldridge. For comments, booking, or more information, visit Cafe Mocha Radio dot com.